According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media, it's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. So October is the awareness month for many things. We've talked about breast cancer awareness. It's domestic violence awareness month. I think it's also... Uh, Depression Awareness Month. And so we've talked about a few of these things so far on this platform. We only have four weeks in the month, so, you know, we can't get through everything. But today we are going to be talking about National Women in Small Business. So October is National Women in Small Business Month. And so we are going to be talking to the amazing, fabulously, insanely talented uh, Jamie Knox, who is our Madam CEO. She is the founder and CEO of WJMS Media. And we are going to talk about being small business owners within the media space. There's a lot of misconceptions. You guys are out here thinking that we are balling out of control. And it's not the case. There are so many challenges, especially in this industry that's overly saturated. So we're going to talk about that. And I also wanted to plug in that at Black Ivy Media, we have wrapped up our first um, documentary piece that focuses on black women in small business. So in honor of this month, we uh, decided that we wanted to create, you know, some awareness. Hopefully this piece can, you know, inspire those of you who are out there who've been thinking about starting a business to actually go ahead and start that business. And for those of you who have been in business, but are feeling, you know what, maybe I want to just throw in the towel. Hopefully this will be motivation for you to stay the course. Anybody who's ever embarked on this journey of entrepreneurialism um, can tell you that it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the weak. You have to stay consistent, even if you're not necessarily seeing the results that you desire. Um, You know, you just have to keep going. If that's something that's in your heart to do, you have to keep going. It's not easy, um, but, you know, there are great rewards, you know, if you stay the course. So we're going to be talking about that today. So you definitely want to keep it locked. Um, We're going to go through a few of our preliminaries, a few of our preliminaries today, not all of them, you know, we're still kind of testing the wars a little bit with whether or not we want to keep all of our preliminaries. But today we are going to be going into the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week and the Haitian Creole Word or Phrase of the Week. So it is now time, everyone, for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? Pop it on fleek, Gillette. And it's going to be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is student loan, a mystical transaction in which a student and or parent subjects themselves to financial slavery or indentured servitude for the foreseeable future. Example, Tim. Hey, I just got approved for a student loan, exclamation point. Fred. Want to go to Taco Bell? Tim. Sorry, I just took out a student loan. Guys, the student loan topic is a serious topic. The struggle is real out here in these streets. And for the last several years, President Poppy Biden has been dangling this carrot of student loan forgiveness in our faces. And we've been on edge, right? Most of us who have upwards of God, I don't even want to say these numbers, but hundreds of thousand dollars worth of student loans because of, you know, higher education. You know, we've been wondering, are we going to have our loans, you know, forgiven? Are we not going to have our loans forgiven? It's always been this back and forth. So now there is, you know, this public, this uh, student loan forgiveness program. It looks like he's going to be forgiving upwards to 20K, depending on, you know, some criteria. If you had taken out um, a Pell Grant, um, 
you may be eligible for up to $20,000 of student loan forgiveness. But again, all of this is really subject to income uh, restrictions as well, too. So there's a lot going on on that front. So you definitely want to go online and do your research and figure out whether or not you even qualify for the student loan forgiveness program. But outside of that, there's some very important dates coming up. October 31st, which is literally next week, um, is the deadline for the public service student loan forgiveness. And so basically, this is a, a, a limited waiver program, which expands the public service loan forgiveness uh, temporarily. Uh, the great thing about this is it allows you to increase your total number of qualifying payments for periods where you were you know, employed by a qualifying facility or qualifying uh, employer, but you either you know missed payments, weren't making full payments, or you were in some sort of period of deferment. So it's going to include all of those months that you either were not making payments for whatever reason, but were employed with a qualified employer. So you definitely want to take advantage of that because even if you don't reach the, I think it's 10 years for public student loan forgiveness, even if you don't make the 10 years, um, you can at least rack up time for the years that you, you know, were not making the payments that would otherwise, you know, not count. And that might shorten your time period. So if you, let's say, had five years you know, of this qualification, you know, period under this new waiver, you might only have five years left as opposed to starting from scratch and having to work another full 10 years um, to be able to get this benefit. So you definitely want to check that out. Again, go on to, you know, the internet, the federal, I think the federal student aid website will be able to give you all the information it is a week away, the deadline. I don't think that there'll be any extensions and you don't want to find out the hard way. So, you know, figure out some day this week for you to get that together. Um, but that is the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week, student loan. So it is now time for our Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. <laughs> word or phrase of the week is Halloween. Halloween, also known as Halloween <laughs> in the English language. Um, in the Haitian Creole culture, Halloween, you know, the age is silent, is considered fête de job. Fête de job, I think we might have talked about this maybe last year, but fête de job is basically, you know, the celebration of the demons. <laughs> that is what Halloween is considered, fit the job. And so growing up, I will say, you know, it was very interesting growing up Haitian and, you know, experiencing what the world calls Halloween and what Haitians for the most part call fit the job. Um, one thing I will say, if you, you know, if you are among real Haitians, true Haitians, do not wish them a happy Halloween. Do not wish them a happy Halloween. You will be categorized. You will be categorized as a job. They will want nothing to do with you. Do not wish a Haitian, and I would say more so an older Haitian, an old school Haitian, happy Halloween. That is my disclaimer. But either way, like I said, you know, I, I grew up in a very strict Haitian household. Those of you who follow me, you know that. My mom was also very religious. You know, when I was when I was much younger, she wasn't as religious as she was, um, you know, in my later years. So I had experienced trick or treating at a very you know young age. And then at some point, I guess she took uh, church more seriously, became ultra Christian. And therefore, even the mention of Halloween, you know, was a no-no in the house. One thing I will say, though, um, my mom was extreme. So like when Halloween happened on a school, you know, on a school day, she kept us home from school. We did not go to school. We were not partaking in any devil festivities that were happening in the public schools. But I did appreciate the fact that I guess she didn't want us to feel so left out. She would purchase candy for us. And so although we were not trick-or-treating and partaking in festivities with the world, we were eating chocolates and candies in the home. But um, I know we are embarking on Halloween season. It is Halloween season. I think this past weekend in New York City, we had the Halloween parade. And so Halloween is here. It's among us. But, you know, Halloween... <laughs> 
is not a holiday for the most part for especially old school Haitians. And I keep saying old school because I know the newer school, um, you know, they're down for whatever, down for everything. You know, they're dressing up, they're doing what they need to do. But for the most part, you know, the old school Haitians are not about Halloween. So if you have the urge or the desire to wish one of them a happy Halloween, just know that that might be the last time <laughs> you speak to them or engage with them. Either way, we are moving on to the meat of the show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Jamie Jams Knox, a.k.a. Madam CEO. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the effects. I don't have the effects on this platform, but uh, uh, next time, next time, next time. (laughs) How are you doing, Jamie? As if I didn't see you just two days ago. I know, right? Like, I didn't just leave you yesterday. Uh, No, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. So it's the start of a new week, and I am already getting hit with the stuff. So we'll see. <laughs> right. I My hotline has been blinging. Uh, my email hotline has been blinging since like yesterday from work. And I'm like, dude, it's Sunday. Yeah. Day of rest. <laughs> they don't know what that means. They don't know what that means at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. All right. So, you know, this month is National Women in Small Business Month. And, you know, it's really important, I think, to highlight that because I feel like women, I'm not saying that individuals who start small businesses, you know, don't encounter issues, but I feel like black women in particularly um, in the small business space, there are a lot of challenges that we face that might be unique to us. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we've seen statistics that show that black women are creating businesses at an exponential number. But at the end of the day, uh, statistics also show that although we're creating a lot of businesses, you know, we're surpassing, you know, our counterparts in that realm, that whole like successful business idea, like that's where we, in a sense, like kind of lack where it's like how many successful businesses um, are, you know, bred through this boom of black women starting businesses. And I know that some of the challenges when I've talked to other women um, have been just funding, um, staffing, uh, just, you know, resources in general. So um, I thought it would be cool for you and I to engage in that conversation as Black women in small business in this realm of media. I think that it's much more difficult than most people think. I think people are like, oh, you're in media you're making money. I mean, yesterday I was literally having this conversation <laughs> with one of my form, like not former friends, but a friend from my my youth, where he's just like, "You make so much money. I mean, you push out so much content. I cannot believe that you're not making mad money off of this." And I had that same comment made to me several months ago at like you know I was at a baby shower, and my you know I had like two or three of my friends again. I don't see them very often, but they're mm-hmm. from, you know my local church. And they're like, we see your stuff all over the place. There's no way. And they were like, no, we're not accepting it. You are making money. You're just being modest. And I'm just like, if I could show you my bank accounts, I promise you, (laughs) boo-boo. I'm like, if you, you know, start clapping, if you, I promise you, (laughs) boo-boo, my bank account, it would tell another story. It would tell a sad story. Um, So just kind of just talking about our struggles. And I know that, you know, you have built this platform, WJMS Radio, now media. It's been several years, Uh, you know, still, still, you know, we're all still waiting for that break, but just kind of going through um, your journey a bit with uh, building WJMS Media, um, you know, formerly radio, and what some of your challenges were, especially in this space. as a small business owner in media. So you have the floor, Jams. All right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this right here. Boom. All right. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, oof. so long story short, I started WJMS Radio in December of 2015. And uh, we were going strong for six years. I did get my diagnosis in December of 2018. And I started doing a lot of advocacy work and a lot of 
just in the community type stuff, events and speaking arrangements or um, just appearances and things like that. And I really started to realize that radio wasn't enough to capture everything that I was doing in terms of advocacy and all that. And so I really wanted to find a way to capitalize and to bring all of the content that I was I was putting out to audiences in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to, you know, have the the type of company that can change with the times and not be stagnant. So I started to feel like, you know, WJMS needed a little bit of a change. And so I, I ended up switching us to WJMS Media so that we could, in fact, you know, merge with the times. Because if you looked at, you know, 10, 15 years ago, podcasting wasn't really a thing. You know, there wasn't a lot of people that had podcasts. If you did have a podcast, people were like, oh, OK. You know, like it wasn't really something that, um, mm. you know, people really I don't want to say respected, but people really, you know, gave a lot of credit to. Nowadays, right. everybody and their mother has a podcast. Like if you don't have a podcast, it's strange at this point. It's like a bachelor's degree. Um, and so I ended up just deciding that I wanted to, you know, transition WJMS into something where if new types of platforms and technologies arise, we can pivot and take advantage of those without having to restructure and rebrand and do everything all over again. Um, and so that's kind of why I made the change. But I have run into so, so, so many obstacles uh, doing that and, and sort of making that happen from just being able to get followers and engagement. You know, one of the main things that we've struggled with is is getting organic actual followers and and listeners and stuff like that. I'm not somebody who ever wanted to buy followers. You know, you see the folks on social media who have tens of thousands of followers and they post something and get like 32 likes and you're like, wait a minute, that math ain't mathing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I never wanted to be somebody who bought followers or bought engagement or anything like that. And so I, I really just wanted to keep it organic and really have people that are going to engage with our content and, and engage with our posts and things like that and truly be interested in what we're doing. And so it's been a long road, you know, getting the followers that we have and getting the engagement and stuff that we do have, because it's something that I've been trying to build from the bottom up um, without trying to take any help or handouts and things like that. And so that's kind of one of the main things that that I struggle with um, as a small business owner, one of the main and, and biggest ones. Right. Yeah. Though that follower issue is a real issue because it's kind of like a catch 22 in a sense, you know, like you said, you don't want to buy followers. I don't want to buy followers, which is why our numbers are not necessarily increasing at the rate that people would expect for the amount of years we've been, you know, an online presence. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the organic followers, I think that's really at some point where it's at, but it's kind of like you have to create, I guess, some sort of viral moment, right. In order for you to get uh, those followers. I remember I was talking to one of my friends who uh, she's a small business owner and she has like a vegan, uh, you know, immunity boost shot business or whatever. I think they created a, a reel because, you know, reels apparently is what's pushing everywhere. Oh yeah. She created a reel and that reel went viral. So she went from having like, I don't know, maybe 50 followers to 25 K like within a matter of like, maybe like a few days really. Um, so, you know, that's how she was able to get those followers off, off, you know, off of that system, as opposed to, you know, paying somebody to buy the followers. I think in our craft, um, that organic, follower situation is a real thing because we're in, we're wanting to engage with the people who actually like our stuff. It's one thing to show that you have 20,000 followers, but only two people are liking your content. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that for that piece, I think for me too, uh, you know, fo- the followers in the beginning, I wasn't so, you know, pressed about it. I was like, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm going to have this Instagram, whoever follows me, follows me. But <laughs> as you know, we're doing more, it's like, no, Followers are important in the sense that if I am wanting to, you know, get sponsorships, things of that nature, which solves, you know, which would solve my other biggest issue, which is funding, lack of funding, uh, no dollars, right? So if, if the idea is, is that you need to have X amount of followers for me to even as a sponsor to take you seriously, but it's like, but I don't have those followers because I don't want to buy those followers. I want to grow those followers. But then it kind of, yeah, it's catch twenty two. You know, it becomes difficult because I think in this in this industry, especially the 
the biggest way or the best way to make money is through these ads, through these sponsorships. Um, that's really the biggest source of like the funding in a sense, unless you get a grant or somebody believes in us so much to where they're like, Hey, you know, we'll back you or whatever the case is, but to be sustainable, you need that constant like ads and sponsorships. And it's, it's, it becomes difficult, um, to maintain, which I think is why a lot of companies like ours end up just becoming hobby companies over a while, or they just wrap it up and say, you know what, forget it. So, yeah. And it's a a complicated thing too, because we don't necessarily have tangible products. You know what I mean? So it's not like we can get our products in the hands of one person who may have a huge following and they're going to say, Hey, try out this, this, you know, lip gloss or try out this, you know, particular food thing or whatever it may be. And then boom, it takes off because it doesn't work that way. Our goods are intangible. You know, our goods are the audiences that we curate and the audiences that we've put together and stuff like that. So a lot of times the sponsorship and the advertising doesn't necessarily come from the specific product. It comes from our ability to put those advertisers in front of people who have already demonstrated interest in the types of things that they're selling. You know, like you're paying to have access to essentially our email list. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, in, in layman's terms, you're paying to have access to who we know. Um, and so that's kind of why the followers the organic followers are important because, you know, like I don't want 20,000 bots, you know, who are not going to do anything with with the product that I'm trying to sell to people. You know, I want 20,000 people who have demonstrated interest in business, finance, you know, fashion, media, stuff like that, because I know that when I put a sponsor in front of them or an advertiser in front of them, something is going to stick and they're going to get a return on their investment for advertising with us. And that's kind of what we want. And that's why we push for, you know, why it's such a big deal to have the organic followers and have real people following you and not bots. Right. Because we want that engagement, you know, we're media, we're, you know, we're posing questions all the time. We're raising awareness on things and we want to see like how people are engaging with us. We want our platforms to almost be community forums in a sense, right. On the topics, on the things that we, we speak of. Um, so I know, you know, when we were talking offline, um, we talked about some other challenges with respect to just that whole, like that, I don't know, startup phase. I feel like we're always kind of maybe starting up, like, even though we've been in this game for several years, it's still in that startup phase because again, the lack of capital, um, the lack of resources and also, you know, just the lack of like bodies. So I guess that might fall into resources, but staffing in a sense, you know, we're both essentially one woman shows when it comes to our platform and making sure that things are curated, you know, for our audience, uh, making sure that the content, you know, is what it is booking our own guests, you know, making sure being the IT person behind, um, you know, behind the scenes, so it, it makes it a little difficult sometimes for us who are the creators to continue creating and to continue building in a way when we also have to be admin. Um, but I feel like one of my pet peeves in this industry is more so that there are so many you know creators, creatives, there are so many individuals who understand marketing, who understand social media. And I am a big proponent of sweat equity. It's my, yes, I am a big proponent of sweat equity. And when I say that, you know, sometimes in certain groups, people are always thinking, oh, is she just looking for something for free? And it's not that I'm looking for something for free because I mentioned the word equity, which means there's going to be a stake in something. And so I've noticed like, you know, with other groups, when we talk about, you know, whether it's the Latin community or the Hispanic, you know, or the Jewish community, like people always refer to, to these other communities and how, you know, they collaborate together and how sweat equity is a thing where you'll find five people working in this bodega to make sure that this bodega meets its markers. Right. And once it meets its markers, it's like, okay, you know, number two, you said you wanted a bodega or you said you wanted to run uh, this shop. Now, you know, whatever interest we got here, we're going to push it over there. Like there's this collaboration that takes place. Or if you want to be a part owner in this bodega, like now's your opportunity because you, you know, you demonstrated um, your worth in a sense. You provided essential, critical um, resources, tools 
for this bodega to be what it is. So now, you know, now you get to reap some of the benefits. And I think it's the same when we're talking about these media companies where um, a lot of times we have so many creators in one space. Everybody needs access to a videographer. Everybody needs access to a photographer, to just a space to record even um, maybe, you know, I am not great with marketing, which I always say that I am not. Maybe you are great with marketing and it's like, okay, let's market according to RP. Let's have a sit down. Since this is your craft, you could do it in your sleep. Let's work together. So now when there's revenue coming into according to RP, your sweat equity then turns into, okay, maybe it's an ownership stake. Maybe it's a revenue share. Like I find that a lot of times, and, and I see it more so, I think, within creatives nowadays, it's that, you know, everybody wants to like own their content. They want to be the, the the only name. They don't want to share bylines. And I think that that sometimes uh, impedes this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And like, if we all were to just really come together and like, in a sense, barter almost um, our skills with each other, we would, we would get much further, I think. Um, and it, and I think that a lot of times people just look at the short term. They're just like, well, right now you're not giving me any money for my craft, but it's like, dude, you're not even being fully booked either. So let's work together and see how we can both get this money. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think people are very short sighted in this game. And that's why we have so many stories of, Oh, it took me 20 years to get to this one moment. And it's like, it Mm -hmm. could have, you five if the if everybody was doing what they needed to do i don't know that's my rant that's my pet peeve that's my thing i don't know if you've experienced the same no i mean i absolutely have you know it's i again one woman show i've been a one woman show from the beginning i have folks that work closely with me of course you know yourself included and and um you know other folks on the team as well as a team of interns and stuff who you know, in my opinion, get a whole lot of hands-on experience because they're literally getting the actual experience of doing whatever it is that they're interning for. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always been a, a one-woman sort of show, and I've I've toyed around. It's not necessarily with sweat equity, but with like a you know other small businesses who are looking for certain things, like you need a media company or you need a radio station at your event to broadcast. And it's like, okay, well, I'll come and broadcast in exchange for the exposure to your audience. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So I've I've done those kinds of things, but I've never taken it a step further, like you just said, and turned it into equity and turned it into shares and ownership and stuff like that. And that could very much be the game changer and what we need. So um, my my mind is is running right now. (laughs) I mean, because, you know, we've been doing it so long and we've been doing it in a particular way that. It's not to say that it hasn't been working, but it hasn't been working when we're talking about the monetary piece, right? Because our content at the end of the day, especially, you know, in this world where everybody's a content creator, you know, everybody's a content creator, like you said, everybody and their mother and their dog and cat have podcasts. And so it's very, it's very competitive. Um, And so we have to be able to stand out, but it's like, you, like, how do you stand out with, you know, no capital, right? It makes little difficult and so you know we've been doing these creative things to assist us um in you know getting in front of other audiences expanding our brand but it's still keeping us at a level that it's like okay it's time to get to that next level it's time to to be you know a household name if you want to if you want to say that you know so i don't know those are those are i find like those are the biggest challenges within our industry and you know, the hope is, is that even though like there's so much noise out there because there's so much content that at some point, you know, we will be able to get what we need to get to really, I guess, amplify the work that we're doing. Because I think we're doing amazing work. We're raising real, real awareness, but we're also having fun with it. We're not just, you know, this is not CNN. <laughs> we have fun. We have jokes, you know, like our content, I think is, 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 is superior content. Um, I just think that we also are up against the ratchet community and the ratchet community, you know, we can post something about lung cancer awareness, you know, uh, health, you know, health, heart disease in the black community, things that really matter. We'll get one. Like you want to talk about who's sleeping with who, who brings the table, who is the table. He's beefing with this person. Right. Millions, millions of likes. And the thing with us though, like, you know, on, on according to RP, we'll probably, we could bring up, a Cardi B situation, but we still find a way to bring it home where, okay, this, or this is what you guys are talking about. This is what's happening. 
but let's peel the onion back a little bit. Let's get to kind of the bottom of some of these issues that, you know, plays out with respect to, you know, what Cardi B and, and Nikki may actually be beefing about. So we still find a way to incorporate that, um, that hip hop culture and that mainstream and the gossip talk into our conversations, but yet still bringing a valid point and an important point home. But I will tell you, I'm not going to strictly talk about, uh, like I'm not, I'm not going to just talk about Cardi B and Nikki for likes. No. Yeah. We're going to talk about why they pit the black female artists against each other in the first place, because not every artist that comes out has to like you don't see Taylor Swift beefing with I don't know who's another <laughs> I'm like with Selena Gomez I don't some, know some random person you know what I mean like you never see that but in the black hip hop rap community it's like as soon as another female rapper comes out oh we gotta it's like you gotta face the next level of Mortal Kombat it doesn't make any sense why right. we pit each other against each other like why can't we all just be great. Like you, know. you never see, I mean, I don't know if Billy Ray Cyrus is still alive anymore. That's Miley Cyrus's father. For those of you who are of, of, of later generations, um, I've never seen the, you know, the media pit him against, I don't even know who his counterpart is, Garth Brooks. Like I've never heard of a Garth Brooks and Billy Ray Cyrus. Do you hear about the beef with Billy Ray Cyrus and Garth Brooks? No, because it doesn't exist. That's not a thing. And even if it did exist, like there was some sort of slight, like that's kept to a minimum. It's not top news, but the moment, you know, black. So these are the things that, you know, we try to highlight while still raising awareness for things. And I think that it's critical information, but I think with us, you know, it's not necessarily a viral moment. It's just being able to maybe market, you know, figure out ways to market ourselves better. And if that means, Hey, if somebody is tuning in, I'm putting it out there and you are, a marketer, you love marketing, you have experience marketing, you know, radio, podcasts, and these types of things. Definitely like slip into the DMs, according to RP, WJMS Media. We're slip- live on TikTok too, so you can you can message me right. on TikTok as well. <laughs> me, I, I am still building up our TikTok, but Jamie is the TikTok princess, the TikTok. I'm not even gonna say princess. I'm gonna elevate you, Jamie. I'm not that popular yet. I'm I'm TikTok. I'm manifesting, popular, but not famous or anything like that. Like I wouldn't even, I'm barely, barely popular. Like <laughs> I am talking to an individual who has like 66,000 views on, on content. You know how many views Rita has on content? I think I had one that maybe cracked a thousand, but that was <laughs> one. <laughs> but that's the thing. See, that's what makes me mad though. Not makes me mad. I'm very grateful for those views. But the thing is, is they're not views on lung cancer awareness content. They're not views on WJMS media content. It's views on like key and peel skit type stuff. Like I'm like I said, I'm glad to have the views and I'm glad that people are liking my content, but I just want people to keep that same energy when I'm talking about the advocacy and stuff that truly affects my life. You know, like right. the stuff that like is really important, you know, those kinds of things. I would love to see sixty-six thousand likes or views on my lung cancer awareness posts and things like that. You know, like that's what I want to say. And that's the part that is frustrating again, being in this, 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 this world, right. This media world, being a black woman in this media space, it is difficult because, you know, we have, you know, we have a certain demographic that follow us, you know, we have uh, certain things that we, we discuss that are, that are akin to our people not to say that other groups don't have their own specific issues and awarenesses that they raise, but I think that when it comes to like health, when it comes to like almost everything, like black people are like disenfranchised. And so I feel like our job is even harder. And now as a black woman wanting to be taken seriously in this field, and we're not, we're not, you know, hundred K followers in, it it does it does get frustrating being in this business where you're like I'm creating some really dope stuff that can that can maybe save a life not even yeah. maybe will save a life or somebody else's life that that's impactful but yet unless I am doing a voiceover unless I'm you know dancing and pointing my my life saving you know content may never may never see the light of day for most. So yeah. It, and it's, yeah. I think like for me on TikTok, what I'm doing, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm building up followers, building up engagement and all that kind of stuff right now. My TikTok is, is great. You know, I'm happy with it, but you know, I think that 
what I'm trying to do is, you know, we talked about this earlier. It's like, get those same listeners and followers and, and merge them over a little bit. Like, like heard them like, Hey, look at this. Like, Hey, you thought it was funny when I was talking about this. Now let's, let's for a second, just talk about something serious, you know? So my hope is that I can take those same followers and listeners and engagers and stuff like that and, and really funnel them over to some of the, the videos and the content that is really important and that I really would like to see spotlighted and stuff like that and see the attention on. So like I said, I'm grateful for the followers and I'm grateful for the engagement because it just means that I'm I'm on the journey and it's and it's happening. You know what I mean? So but I just like I said, keep that same energy, folks, for my for my lung cancer and health awareness stuff, because it's you know, it's it's my life. Like literally it's my life. So right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I think the balance, you know, as we're talking, it's it's making a little more sense to me where I think it's really about the balance of it all. Creating, yes. you know, content that is important, you know, uh to the things that, you know, we find important, like health awareness, things like that. Um, but it's also, I guess, creating some of those, you know, funny, some of those, you know. Yeah. Real laughable, real memeable moments. And then in a sense, again, hoping that we can funnel or again, you know, professional people, we all, we love memes. We love these, these, you know, uh, ratchet things or whatever the case is. So it's like, even though we may be creating some of these, you know, funny, not necessarily awareness posts, the hope there too is that okay there's a different demographic or there's another there's a certain level of people that might you know watch your uh is it is it keel key and peel <laughs> you know so key and peel is going nuts on instagram but derek and like some of the other stuff is going is going nuts on tiktok yeah so the derek and the voiceovers but like somebody like me who may not even know that but come across and i'm like oh this is so funny I might then be the one that scrolls and says, oh, there's also something about lung cancer. That's kind of more of my speed. So what drew me in was like, you know, everybody talking about this voiceover that you were doing. Yeah. Then, you know, being invested and I'm like, oh, this is more my speed, the awareness stuff. I feel like that's that could also be a way of capturing people who might not necessarily care too much about like the funny funnies and they're just into it here and there. Yeah. But they're like, this is more my lane. I see that she does serious stuff. I'm going to stick with her. So and that's, that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. You know, I do a little bit of a mixture. Like I, the other thing is that I, I always say this, like, I don't want this, this diagnosis to take over my life and become all that I am. You know, like I am more than just a lung cancer diagnosis. I am a whole living, breathing person with a life before and after this diagnosis. And it's not everything that runs my entire existence. And so I try to have a balance between like, I like to have a lot of fun. I enjoy doing these videos on TikTok. I have a good time doing these voiceovers and they're quick. I do them fast. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, so it's like, I, I like to have a mixture. And so I do try to mix it up and do stuff where I'm, you know, doing serious advocacy stuff where I talk about misconceptions and lung cancer and things of that nature. And then I also will bust it out and do a Derek video real quick, you know? So it's one of those things where I try to do a balance so that if somebody does happen to do exactly what you said, where they come across one of my videos and like, oh, she's funny. I'm going to look and see what else she's got. It's like a healthy mixture of both. So they're like, oh, here's a funny, here's a serious, here's two serious and now's are funny, you know? So I'm trying to, to mix it up. And that's kind of what I mean by like funneling them from, you know, the funny stuff over to the stuff that matters. And, and that really, really is important to me because it's I you got to draw the folks in. But you also have to be genuine about what you're saying, you know, and right. like, you got to be real about the content. And I, I think my, what I'm saying is real and my story is genuine because it's it's literally my story. But I need to get people to see it and to view it and to pay attention to it and not just the funny portion of of my life, you know. So right. that's that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that we're getting there. I think that, again, the biggest thing is really the resources because if we have the resources we can then bring in marketing people we can bring in social media people we can take some of that load off of our backs to allow us to really sit and you know strategize on you know what's the direction or what's the movement um but yeah but i i think that you know there is this this perception that those of us who are in the media are literally like making it rain in these streets we are big balling in these streets because of the amount of work we put in. Yeah. But, but people don't understand. It's like, you have to be, you have to go above and beyond in hopes that one of the millions of, you know, content that you push out will be the one to like, kind of set you on that path. So 
And we talked about that too the other day where we were talking about how like it can be disheartening, you know, when you're a content creator to put something out and it doesn't hit, you know, like it doesn't, nobody's listening, nobody's watching, nobody's engaging. And you're just like, (laughs) cool, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's the one thing that I will say about WJMS and you yourself as well is that we have been consistent. We have been consistently putting out content for years, you know, so it's, it's not, well, it can be disheartening to see like, oh, this post got like two views, two likes, nobody even watched this. I put all this effort into it. You know, at the end of the day, when people look at your portfolio and your consistency, that's what they're going to see. They're going to say, oh, you know, they've been doing this and they've been putting this stuff out for a long time. And it all, you know, you never know when someone's going to stumble across something old and, you know, make it viral. Like there's so many videos that were, you know, viral or not viral years ago that, got posted, nobody paid any attention to, and then somebody stumbled across it. And now it's like an internet sensation. So it's the same thing with your content. You know, you never know when an episode, something in the world may happen that relates to the content you posted years ago that never got any views or likes. Then all of a sudden something happens in the world and people are searching for that specific topic, that specific content. Boom, here comes your show. And now it's a big thing, you know? And so while it's disheartening, you just got to know that it's all part of the process and that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it can be a little bit hard to see your content get unnoticed, but you never know when that, what and where and when that little, that one nugget will be, that's going to send you, you know, and send your content through the roof. And once you go viral and once you, you know, once you get there, people start taking in all of your content. You'll start noticing views and likes going up on everything. You're like, how did you even find this from six years ago? Right. You know, So people will will take in all your content once you get to that point. So it's like, keep it up, even if it's not, if it's not hitting <laughs> like you want it to. I think that's excellent advice because I think that, you know, people can apply that advice, obviously, outside of this media field, right? I mm-hmm. think any aspect of your entrepreneurial uh, journey, I think in any, in any, you know, industry, you know, especially for us black women who, who do deal with a lot, you know, we're dealing with the world, we're dealing with our skin color, how we present ourselves in society. And then, you know, we have the audacity to dream big and say, well, we're going to also be business owners. So I think that, right. you know, a lot of it, you know, it's, it's, it can be, it can weigh a lot. And I think that, you know, when you're creating, especially when you're a creator, I think, you know, we're more, we're sensitive people when it comes to our craft, right? Um, we want people, like we're doing it because we think it's important. We love what it is that we do. But the idea is that, you know, you're not creating, creating content for you to, you know, pop on the screen and watch on Friday nights for yourself and your family. <laughs> you're creating it for the world to see. And so when you do get that one like off of a video that you have your blood, sweat and tears, you know, poured into when you're thinking you're going to change the world, it can be very disheartening. It could be very like soul crushing. But I think, you know, what our maybe foremothers, as I like to call them, have demonstrated like the Viola Davises and and, and yes, all of all of these women that came before us who, you know, their viral moment came, you know, at the age of 50 or 40. Although I told you I had this conversation with God. I do not want to be 50. <laughs> Just <laughs> enjoying the fruits of my labor. <laughs> I need to do it while my knees can still bend. You know what I mean? Help you um, twerk with thankfulness. <laughs> hello. Hello. With gratitude, you know? So I, you know, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it comes. It's just it's not for the faint of heart, like entrepreneurialism, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a small business owner in particular, it's not for the the, the, the weak. You have yeah. to keep going. It's okay to take breaks when there's like, oh, you know what? I'm overwhelmed or you need to go back to the drawing board. And I know we talked about, you know, uh, how you have the, the, the poster boards all over the place. I'm a big poster board person, just going back to the drawing board and saying, you know what, what's not working. Let's pivot. Let's re let's revisit. Uh, there's a lot of that that happens on this journey, but the consistency I think is key. A lot of times people, they're like, you know what, eh, forget it. Let me just take six months off a year off, come back to it. And maybe that could be what you need, but I think the consistency of it, you know, continuously putting things out, even if nobody likes it, even if nobody sees it, you know, just keep pushing it out. Like you said, cause there may be one day that somebody might see it. And so I think not, not being discouraged, um, you know, is a big thing here, you know, knowing that 
one day or at least having the hope that one day something's gonna something's gonna hit yeah it's critical in any in any space it's not just the media it's just we talk about the media because we're in the media and i think that again as creators we may be a little more sensitive <laughs> about people not liking our art than somebody you know else in a different sphere but well it's and it's always surprising to me like i've got a couple of videos with thousands of views on them and like it's always surprising to me the ones that just hit. I'm like, this is the one. This is the one. This is your king. Like, really? <laughs> you know, so it it's always a surprise. So it's like you have to continue posting. You have to continue putting up the content, you know, with the best intentions. Like mm-hmm. if you go into it with the mindset, everything is going to be viral. You're going to be constantly let down. If you go into it with the mindset of I want to put out the best possible content for people to take in. And, you know, in our case, for people to be educated by and for people to learn something and realize what's going on in the community and what's happening in the world around them. Um, when you go into it with that mindset, it makes a difference, you know, like, because even if it's something that doesn't go viral, at least, you know, that you put wisdom out there, you put knowledge out there, you know, and regardless of the likes, the shares and all that good stuff, you know, it's, it's out there and the knowledge is there for people to take in, you know, if it hits and it goes viral, that's great, you know, but don't go into it expecting that it's going to be viral because that's, that's when you get disappointed, you know, like go into it expecting that you want to, you know, at least reach somebody and, and to, you know, hit somebody with a little bit of knowledge and you're always going to be successful. Right. I think, you know, as you were saying all of that, um, one of the things that I want to, you know, make sure that we at least touch on is the fact that, you know, comparison is a killer, right? Oh my God. And I think that as we're talking about, you know, it could take you forever to go viral. I think what is misleading to some is the one kid that posted the one video and they're already a TikTok, YouTube, social, you know, a social media sensation. And so people, you know, they're, they're so used to seeing these overnight celebrities, you know, form that it ends up making them even more critical of, of what they do. Like I've been doing this for five years. How does this kid who just goes like this with his hand become an overnight celebrity and in, an internet sensation? <laughs> he doesn't make videos for free no more. I'm hearing that people are commissioning him for like, you know, thousands of dollars. He's like worth millions of dollars now for just literally you know, putting his hand out and, you know, making, you know, the gesture or whatever. And like, people are like frustrated and they're just like, like I see overnight celebrities happen all the time. Why has none of my stuff hit? Like, how come I am not, you know, where this kid's at? So that gets me are the animals, the animals that are viral, like the animals, people that give their dogs and cats, Instagram pages and stuff like that. And they have more views and followers. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right <laughs> the cat yeah yeah i i follow these cat pages because you know work <laughs> you're just as bad i know well, i have but 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 chester has not gone viral but that's probably because i haven't really put in enough effort he would chester would he is chester a sweet he's a good cat <laughs> maybe he would go viral i don't know see that that's where that marketing thing sometimes comes in right like how do i market my scottish fold <laughs> your, your broken scottish fold with not with the ears that are correct <laughs> My baby defective and he is not defective guys you know his ears don't curl and maybe maybe there maybe he could be the face of scottish folds whose ears don't curl there you maybe go he could be the face so you know what i went to say i meant to say too during a conversation you have to look at like these social media views and likes and follows like playing the lottery you know, there's always going to be that one person, you know, or even gambling. There's going to be that one person who goes into the casino with a dollar and is there like, I've never been here before. I don't know what I'm doing. Puts the dollar in a slot machine, hits the jackpot. And you've been sitting at that same slot machine for 15, 16, 30 minutes, an hour, you know, waiting for the jackpot to hit. And this one person comes up and hits immediately. It's the same thing with social media. You know, it's you could be putting out content for years and years and years and never hit. And this one random person who comes out and does one funny thing goes viral and immediately is a viral sensation. You're just like, hey, it's me, Chop Liver. I've been here for years just for some attention. So, I mean, the bottom line is you don't win if you don't play. So you have to continue playing. You have to continue, you know, doing what you're doing. You have to keep being consistent with it. And eventually you're going to hit. You're going to hit. Is it not? It, will it be the jackpot? You never know. You might hit for a medium jackpot or a smaller jackpot, but you're going to hit at some point. You right. know, so the, the at the end of the day, you just have to keep playing. 
And I like that, you know, I like that because it's, it's more of a reminder for me that I need to play more because again, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, you know, I have TikTok accounts, but I'm not TikToking. And I think that, you know, that's an area that I'm leaving, you know, like an untapped area for me. So like you said, if I don't, if I don't play, if you don't play, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hit. And so, you know, maybe if I play a little more on TikTok. <laughs> the algorithms are way friendlier on TikTok. Yeah, I might have to, I might, not I might have to, I am going to, to, you know, start being a little more active, especially with according to RP. You know, we had a great brainstorming session when you were here, Jamie. And so, you know, figuring out, you know, the segments maybe to go on TikTok and really, you know, really have that be a thing there. So for those of you who are tuning in, um, you know, look out. I'm not sure if it'll be under Black Ivy Media because that's the account that I have. I don't I don't want to have a million TikTok accounts either for every brand. Yeah. It might be under Black Ivy Media. Um, or it might be under I am Rita Pierre. I'm not sure, but definitely um, look out for, you know, content coming on the TikTok platform. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm yeah. telling you, it's a slippery slope of destruction. Once you get in this TikTok community, it's like, oh, hey, addiction. How you doing? Yeah, right. You get in there, you're like, I got to make a TikTok today. Like, I got to get in there and make a TikTok. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to make a TikTok or two today, eventually, some point during or after, probably after work, of course. But yes, at Jamie, some point today, there's going to be something coming from me. Jamie so. is, a TikTok, is a TikTok queen in my book. But uh, <laughs> but either way, Jamie, I you know I just want to thank you for just taking the time to talk to us, to, sh- to engage with me on this topic, to vent you know, with me on this topic of you know being a Black woman in small business, but particularly in this media industry, I think it's important for people to understand that there are real struggles that just because it looks like things are going well on social media, that does that that is not a reflection a lot of times of what's really happening behind the scenes. Yep. Um but I, I think that, you know, as people are are thinking about creating their own brands, that they go in with a sense of reality that they're not just creating a brand because they think they're going to go viral and then they're going to just be rich off of media. That's not really how it works. Um, so I think sharing our insights, um, and I think even having this conversation out loud is like a brainstorming session in and of itself, because now it's like, all right, I'm going to go back and do this. We talked about this. All right. You know what, you know, so, but thank you for just taking the time, uh, to share, to share. Anytime you want me on the platform, my girl. (laughs) And you know, next month is November. It is lung cancer awareness month. And so we're going to definitely have Madam CEO here to talk to us about some new things that she's been working on. She's been a busy bee in the lung cancer awareness realm. So I cannot wait to have her come and talk about the work that she's doing, some of the things that she's done um, in these last few weeks, some experiences that you've been able to, you know, partake in. So you know, I'm giving you guys a teaser so that you guys can make sure <laughs> you stay tuned um, to our platform um, for next month. So I thank you in advance. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as Chester makes his way, my cat makes his way to the stage. <laughs> oh, he's coming on? Let's he, see him. <laughs> he, I mean, he's been scrolling. He's been like, you know, circling to see when can I pop in. He's, he's, he's like, whenever you want to put me on air, mom, I'm here. I'm- he's starting. He's starting to up, but we don't have time. We don't have time to wait for you to, to get ready. So either way, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And I will talk to you guys next week. Oh, wait, Chester. Chester's coming. Chester's coming. He's like, I'm coming on this show. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, he's too slow. He's not going to make it. We got to get off. We got work to do. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back.